you, Chan. No, I'm good. Awesome. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Sam, can I just get you to get that TV with some signal up the back for me to help me with my notes? This morning we're talking about Anzac Day and we're talking about the battle that was and the battle that is. Okay? So we're continuing in our Healing Hope series and it's going to be real awesome. Um, but with Anzac Day, we, um, you know, we, we remember what those people did and we remember those who have gone before us and we remember that they actually fought for our freedom. Isn't that true? Now, in both World War I and World War II, Australia actually did send troops to fight for freedoms we have today, and, and we, we are very thankful for that today. But when we're kind of comparing the then battle, and then we're kind of comparing today, we look at the point of this. Um, the significance of the Anzacs is that they fought for our freedom, but today we are still in a war, and today the war is not fought with guns and grenades, okay? Today the war is not even fought with tanks or drones, if you're a bit more modern. The difference is we're not fighting for freedom anymore. We are fighting from a position where our freedom is already won. Jesus has already won our freedom. Now, those in the room here and those online, if you're a Christian, that's something you believe. And, um, you know, they, they fought for our freedom, but we are fighting from that position in freedom, okay? Now, the enemy would like to trick us. He would like to trick us into thinking that we're not free in several different ways. And we're going to talk about that today. So we have our freedom, right? But who knows that even though we have our freedom in Christ, we still battle things on a day-to-day basis. And today we're still going to talk about those things which we battle because we are no longer fighting in a war today. Today our war looks different. Today the battle starts with our attention and our affection. That's where the battle starts. It starts on, on the, our attention, the things we're focused on, and our affection, which is who or what we love, okay? And this impacts our truth, okay? And so the battle is in the mind and it's what we believe and it's what we don't believe, okay? So this is where the battleground is today. And the battle has got a different platform, okay? The platform that was in World War II was trench warfare. The platform today is what we call, well, who knows, have you ever heard of that saying that we are in the information age? The information age today is something which is also called the computer age or the digital age you might have heard of or even the media age, okay? Now, the information age is kind of like a period of time in the history of mankind which has started around the 1970s and it's characterised by a rapid shift from industrialization, mechanical engineering and, um, you know, warehouses and factories and that and our civilization was surrounding that kind of stuff to t- primarily our society is now based on information technology. And, um, you know, why does this matter? Why does this matter? Okay. It matters because if the information, um, it's growing at such a fast rate, right? The information that we have today is like, you know, as of June 2019, um, the indexed web was estimated to be 5.85 billion web pages. And they're the only the ones that are indexed that will come up on your Google or Yahoo search or whatever it is, right? It's even bigger. It has grown, it has doubled in size. The internet has doubled in size every year since 2012. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's not slowing down. Now on the screens, 
you'll see here there's kind of like a different period of time. The internet started off as read-only and then went to read-write, which is where, you know, we can actually post stuff on the internet. And then in the last period, it's been like social, you know, anyone can post anything. You don't need to have a special website. You've just got a, a phone with Facebook and you can post information, right? And so there's a whole bunch of events here, but essentially that blue line that starts off really flat at the bottom and grows and grows and grows and grows and gets bigger, that is the total number of growth internet and you can see over each phase it has just gotten bigger and faster and we know several events which caused this rapid growth of things like when Google came along and eBay came along people started shopping online you know and Facebook came along and people started sharing photos and all that kind of stuff so you can see there's a whole bunch of information there and if I know that who loves graphs <laughs> who loves spreadsheets yeah, I can show you that later on if you want to see it more. Okay, so here's the thing, right? Here's the challenge for us all. With all this information kind of flying around, what is true and what is false? Okay, so what can we believe in and what is just something that's just a, try, a bit of a trap to try and bait our attention, okay? And who governs what's allowed to be put on the internet? and then what's allowed to be posted or not. And does this information we read online have any moral filter? What does God say about you know, certain points that we have online? So especially if you're a Christian, does it align with the word of God, yeah? So this is the challenge that we've got today. And, and you know, to put it really simply, if we're spending this amount of time on devices which society is continuously growing towards, then what is that thing that we're feeding ourselves, okay? So the challenge is that while as a society there's been great uses for technology in the internet, there has been great uses. And I want to say hi to everyone online. Yeah. This is a great use. You know, our church is continuously seeking to improve and put out great content, right, for, for those online and those in the room to watch the second time and things like that. But everyone knows that even though there's been great uses, it can actually, technology and the internet can actually be used for good and it can actually be used for bad. And so this medium or this platform has undoubtedly created uh, a platform for us to have entertainment, education, and there's influence, okay? Anyone can post anything and anyone can say anything. Some things good, some things bad, some things true, and some things not true. So in the information age, we spend time on the internet and on our phones and our iPads and all those devices, and there's a lot more mixed messages that we're subject to. Who would agree with that? So in this information age, the number of mixed messages makes it hard to kind of like navigate like what's true and what's not true, okay? And one thing we've learned that while it wasn't initially planned this way, when it comes to technology, you are the product. When you go buy a car, the car's the product. When it comes to technology, they are actually grabbing your attention so that they can put advertisements online and sell those advertisements to someone, okay? So you are the product, okay? And, you know, when you think about it, it's actually designed that you keep going back and back again, right? Um, you keep on searching, clicking, swiping, you keep on looking and you keep on watching, right? And so these big tech companies design, advertise, design their product to sell advertisements, so other people can you know, sell stuff online, and it's designed to kind of hold you, hold your attention, okay? And technology, let's face it, exploits all the old tricks that was used you know, in the TV generation 
and in just the technology is different platform, right? So sex sells, fear sells, all those things that we've, have been used to sell before they sell again, okay? So it's not so much that necessarily things have changed. I mean, the content is heaps more, but, you know, it's the same kind of thing, but it's on a different platform in some ways. So technology, like I said, can be used to influence what we believe, okay? And like I said before, it starts with your attention, the battle we have today is truth, and it starts with your attention. So because, because kind of like when I've got your attention, right, when I've got your attention, then I can feed you with information, okay? And I can feed you with information. I can define what your truth is, the truth about who you are, the truth about who God says you are, and the truth about who God is, and the truth about what God says is right and wrong, Okay? moral and ethical decisions of us as a society play out on the social media. We see it all the time, don't we? Yep. So in, it's the same old game on a new platform. The enemy uses it as a platform for temptation, okay? So, you know, if it's kind of like, if I can keep you coming back and back again, then I can create a stronghold, right? And in the area of whatever your weakness is. So, when I create an appetite for something and it's kind of like it's never quenched, isn't it? It's like, it doesn't matter how many YouTube videos we watch, who knows there's another one we want to watch out there, <laughs> you know? And then I've got a repeat customer, right? And if I've got a repeat customer, then I can customise the experience just for you. Have you noticed when sometimes, you know, you like um, are interested in something and then you might Google it and it's like, you might want to, okay, I'm interested in a clothes horse. I want to buy a clothes horse. All of a sudden, no matter what you look at, there's advertising of clothes horse all over the place, right? Because it's customizing the experience to you, right? Because it wants you to keep going back. And because it might be able to, you know, get you to sell something or believe something, okay? So the internet and technology has made our weaknesses more accessible and our temptations more available than now than ever before in the history of mankind, okay? If your weakness is the need for love and acceptance, then I've got a friend, a comparison tool friend, right? We'll call it Facebook. And it's totally ready to go 100% of the time, okay? And I've got all the software and websites. You can count likes, kudos, and reposts, and you can work out whether or not that love or acceptance need you've got, it's all measured there for you online. Okay, if your weakness is lust, then you've got essentially the ability to have pornography in your pocket. Okay, if your weakness is the love of money, then you've got an app which monitors the market 24-7. You can, it's so simple to buy and sell now. You know, it doesn't matter if it's real estate or the stock market or Bitcoin. It doesn't matter what it is. I've got the ability to graph it and present it in the right way just so you'll keep going back and keep swiping and looking. Okay. Our weaknesses are more accessible. If your weakness is stuff, we've got Facebook Marketplace, we've got a 24-7 shop. I can get you anything from around any side of the globe. I can have it posted to you, to your house, to your front door. And if you are like, you know, constantly someone who struggles with buying and buying and buying, the internet has made this weakness more accessible, right? If your weakness is gluttony, you know, we've got technology, we've got apps, we've got Foodora, we've got Uber Eats, you name it, we can have it at your front door. Or you can go, you know, we can give you something, it gives you a promo code or a discount code, you know, and we can just get that, 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 that 
quenched, then we'll just feed it at any, any, as much as we want. If your weakness is entertainment, okay, think about it like amusement, the needing to be amused all the time, needing to fill the gap and fill the space all the time. If that's your weakness, we've got Xbox, we've got PlayStation, we've got Nintendo Switch, we've got it all, man. We've got Netflix, we've got Binge, we've got... There are so many more, pl Disney Plus. You guys know what I'm talking about. And when we spend all our time on that, what's feeding us? Yeah, you with me? Okay, so now I, I know I've gone a little bit heavy <laughs> and I will say again, the internet is not all that bad and technology is not all that bad. It can be used for good, all right? But this is the one thing we need to realise and it says in Romans 6.16, it says, the thing which you are slave to is your master. So we need to kind of ask ourselves, how much time are we spending doing these things? Whether it's how much time are we doing spending soaking in the word of God? Okay. Well, how much time are we spending worshiping God? How much time are we doing that? Where is, has, our, has our balance got out of skew thanks to this platform? Okay. And so can you guys see the battle? Can you see that these things are competing for our attention and our affection? Yeah. So now as Christians, like I said at the start, it's true that we are not fighting for freedom. We are fighting from a position where our freedom is already won, but that's the but you know it's still we've still got this battle still raging on for our attention and our affection. The bill the battle still rages on for what we believe, okay? So um, the world's battle was hand-to-hand -hand combat in the early 1900s and the mid-1900s when we we're in our world wars. But in the early 2020s, I propose that the battle is in the mind and the battle is in the spiritual realm as it always has been. But, you know, so now Paul, who was an apostle, who was a person who walked and talked, you know, just after Jesus died and he was alive or when Jesus was alive, he recognised this battle, Okay. Now, Paul wrote two letters to someone called Timothy, and on several occasions, he recognised the calling on Timothy's life. And um, Paul would say things like, fight the good fight of faith, okay? And he would say, in keeping with the prophecies, Timothy, that were once made about you, by recalling those prophecies, may you fight the battle well and hold on to the faith, and a good conscience. He'd also say, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. So Paul recognised the battle. Paul recognised that there is a fight. There is something to be defended and guarded in our faith, yeah? So as Christians, we know that there is a fight, but the question is, how do we fight? And that's probably what you're, the question you're coming to. Now, Paul had experiences with these type of battles, okay? Paul was someone who walked and talked with Matthew and Mark and Luke and, you know, the disciples. And um, he actually knew firsthand what it was like to suffer and to battle, okay? Now, Paul actually planted many churches. And in one of the churches Paul planted, this exact situation which we've got today, albeit on a different platform, was playing out, right? It was the battle for truth. And there was a group of people who were preaching untruthful doctrine, which is not including Jesus, okay? And Paul would say that this is a very serious thing. And these false teachers were among a church in, the Corinth, in Corinth, the Corinthian church, and they were engaging in a spiritual war with eternal consequences. And Paul knew it. And this is what he had to say about it, okay? 
Sorry. So if the question is, how do we fight, then Paul should know, all right? He lived and breathed this stuff. And so um, this is what he actually said in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3, okay? He says, for though we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. So the thing is, as Christians, this is not a battle with guns and bazookas. It's a battle in the mind and it's a battle in the spirit. Okay, and so in 2 Corinthians 10 uh, verses 4, he, he continues on and he says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Get hold of this, guys. Divine power, which means they have supreme, supreme divinity. Okay, these weapons are more powerful than guns and bazookas. They are supreme. Think about that now for a moment. Now, if Paul was here today, he would say that they are perfect weapons for the current battle we face in 2021 because they demolish strongholds. Now, didn't we talk about several of those strongholds? I identified a chunk of them, didn't I? These weapons are used specifically for that purpose. Okay, this means that our war, the war we fight, is to pull down, another version of the gospel, of the scripture says, to pull down or to demolish the enemy's plans and his stronghold over our lives and over those around us. We're also battling for your neighbor, aren't we? Yeah? So I've got a question for you. Have you ever met someone which was so convinced of something, something which you could see, was actually holding them back. Have you ever met someone in that situation? They believe something and it's like, man, if you just saw it from a different perspective and understood that, you know, that thing which you believe, it's dragging you back. Have you ever met someone in that situation? It's like they had a stronghold over them, wasn't it? So if that's the case, Paul says that our weapons are for that situation. Okay, so let's look at that verse four in the New Living Translation, okay? It says, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of, get it, human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. That's what these weapons are for, okay? So let me just say something, guys. Human reasoning is not above God's word, okay? God's word endures and is true beyond human reasoning, okay? So when your um, opinion differs from what Jesus was teaching, you're allowing or accepting these strongholds of belief and those beliefs are false. And that's not good for you because your freedom has been bought with a price. And just like the Anzacs went to get our freedom, Jesus Christ went to get your freedom when he died on a cross for you, okay? So this leads us to the next question. So what do we use these weapons for, okay? What do we use the weapons for? And in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, but we tear down arguments and every presumption, every assumption, every, I know how it works, I know how it works, you know that one? Oh, you know, this, this area of my life, I know how, even though God's word says that, I actually know how it works. <laughs> I'm going to do it this way. No, 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 no. We tear down those arguments and every presumption 
set up against the knowledge of God. Okay? So it's like this. Anything which disagrees with the truth which God declares, it's like my hairs stand up. Okay? I'm quick to tear down those thoughts and I do not let those seeds take root. Okay? I fight the good fight of faith. Okay? So let me just reveal something to you. These are the type of thoughts which will come along when we start to believe things which are not true. I am not alone. Very typically, that is the type of thoughts that, uh, sorry, I am alone. Those are the type of thoughts that the younger generation gets into when they get too much online with their friends and they're messaging each other and then they start to get, let's face it, depressed and they start to get feeling alone, right? That's a terrible lie from the enemy. If you're in Christ, you're not alone. I am not worthy of love. That's another one, okay? I am not worthy of love. And I am helpless and I'm far from God. These are the mistruths of the subtle messages which are coming through today. Now, what happens is this means that if I'm told by man or I'm told by the enemy that I'm not alone, then I tear down that, okay? If I'm told by man or I'm told by the enemy that I'm not worthy of love, then I tear down every presumption. If I am not if I'm, helpless, if I'm told by man or I'm told by the enemy that I am helpless or I'm far from God, then I absolutely rip down that stronghold. And what do I reveal? I reveal the word of God, which says, even before the world was made, God had already chosen us. You're not alone. You are chosen to be his through our union with Christ. Because of his love. Why? Because of his love. God had already decided, even if no matter what you were going to do with your life, no matter what you were going to do with your life, God loved you that much that he already decided that he was going to send Christ, Jesus Christ, his son to the cross for you. Okay? So God had already decided that through Jesus Christ, he would make us what? His children. He would make us his family. He would make us his own. You are chosen. This was God's pleasure and purpose. God is pleased with you. So much so that he wants to bring you close and bring you into his family. And that is the truth of God. Okay. You are going to tear down whatever presumption or whatever thing which stands up against the knowledge of God. Here's the knowledge of God. And you are going to tear it down. Okay, guys. So this is really important. So here's the thing. The next part of the scripture says, And we take captive some thoughts and make it obedient to Christ. No, it doesn't say that. We take captive just thoughts about money and we make it obedient to Christ. No, it doesn't say that. We take captive only thoughts about purity and make them obedient to Christ. No, no, it doesn't say that. It says we take captive every thought, every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Okay, you guys have a Bible and you know how to open it and use it. All right. So often our thoughts wonder as we get led astray and we get distracted by the things of this world. And how do we make our thoughts obedient to Christ? When we study, when we listen to God's word and we apply God's word, when we follow Jesus Christ, then we truly follow him with our heart and with our mind and with our body, and then we are stepping into a place of being obedient to Christ and his teachings. Yeah? Absorb it. 
take it in. Believe it. <laughs> okay, so here's my summary, and I'm about to end. Here's my summary. In summary, fight for godly truth. Guard what you believe and follow Jesus in what you do. Fight for godly truth. Guard what you believe and follow Jesus in what you do. And then you will be walking in the freedom which was won for you. Okay, so just before Sam's up, Sam comes up, for those who are on the Team MCC emailing list, at 11 o'clock in seven minutes, you will receive an email, an invitation into a devotional, okay? Now, this is the thing. The enemy is actually, believe it or not, quite predictable. He usually uses the same tricks to, to, to make us stumble, okay? So what I want to do is I want to equip you as to the usual tricks which God says, um, you know, and, and, and then I want to uh, equip you with what God says about them and how to, you know, guard, right? And how to use those weapons, okay? So I want you to join me in a 10-day Devo, which covers these 10 topics which the enemy seeks to take hold of our attention and our affection, okay? And so if you are not on the um, mailing list, please send an email to office at manninghamcc.org and we can get you added and we can send you that email. But I want you to join me with this, Diva. It's going to be awesome. And in closing, um, I'm just going to hand over to Sam. Thanks, mate. Woo!